Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to meet your regulatory requirements while helping keep the evil hacker horde at bay. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to best protect your business and reduce your company's cyber risk. All right, let's get going. Okay, in this episode, we're going to talk about cyber risk management. Uh, And you hear about this term quite a bit on the Internet, wherever it might be when you're dealing with cyber risk. And we're going to talk about how do you manage and mitigate your risk. Again, we've talked about it in previous uh, episodes and in previous training pieces of this, that it doesn't matter how much money you spend, you're not going to be able to mitigate your risk completely. There's just no way around it. So we're going to talk about what are the, what is a cyber risk? How do you mitigate and what could you should you consider while doing it? So again, what is cyber risk? It's a function of threat, vulnerabilities, likelihood of event, and impact of an event. So what's your threat? How are you vulnerable to this threat? What is the likelihood that the event's going to occur? And then if it does occur, what's going to happen, right? What's going to, your, is your whole site going to go away? I don't know. We'll find out. So an example, we'll go China hacking. Because again, they're always in the news. But you could go today saying the Russians are hacking. So somebody's hacking. So it's a nation state. So you're dealing with a nation state and your vulnerabilities are basically a hack system. Do you have a front facing web server? Do you have do you have lots of employees that accept emails? Basically, you're, there's multiple vulnerabilities on how they can get in. And you'll hear a comment about called a zero day, which basically means a vulnerability that has never been demonstrated before. So let's say I have a Windows system and I go all of a sudden, I know that this Windows system is vulnerable to this zero day and it could blow up everything. The whole thing can come crashing down and the end of me. Okay, so 
typically zero days are not used. And most people who would use those would be a nation state when they're trying to get access into a system which they have a really hard time getting into. However, after being in a place where I've used zero days before, they're usually a really bad idea. Uh, the reason is is because you don't know what's going to happen when you use it. You make the you can make the assumption that the moment you do use it, you're probably going to get caught. And if you get caught, then it's going to potentially unravel many, many other ways that you have into a network. So zero days are not a good idea. As much as the the movies theaters will and the movies Hollywood will say is that, yeah, everybody's using zero days. I did it and I got into this database. And eh, not so much. Uh, I mean, there are obviously there are plenty of that that goes on. And the NSA is way smarter than me. And the other countries have got their people that are way smarter by far than me. But I will tell you that zero days are just a bit wild wild west and things can go very badly very quickly with those so again the likelihood if i've got a mom and pop business that's in wichita kansas where i'm from and they do manufacturing and what is the likelihood that the chinese government is going to hack into my system now if i'm the only one in the world that does it this way in the chinese china there's people in china that want my technology likelihood is probably pretty high However, if I'm just a manufacturing of just basically airplane parts, okay, not the Gucci stuff, but just parts in general, odds are really, really good that the Chinese government isn't going to spend a second on or two on me, period. So you got to understand what is the likelihood. Now, we'll use another example, ransomware. So what is the threat? Cyber criminals or knuckleheads that are trying to steal your stuff or basically make money off of you. So the vulnerabilities are email, unpatched systems, admin privileges, and so forth. If you're running with admin, that's a bad idea. Then what happens is, is you get an email. You click on a link, and now you get this ransomware that's connected to your network. Okay, that can happen to anybody. It happens to a lot of people, and that likelihood is quite significant. Now, so you just got to weigh it out. What is the risk to you and your company? If you've got a company that's got a lot of people that are click-happy and they click on all kinds of emails, ransomware probably be a bigger deal. If you've got all kinds of intellectual property and you're worried about a government, whether it's Chinese, Russians, French, Israelis, whoever, stealing your stuff, then that's probably a bigger issue you got to deal with. So, again, knowing what the threat is, knowing the risk, and knowing how to mitigate it. So a mindset is what you need to have when dealing with cyber risk. So your ordinary mindset, you need to do this daily. And you don't even realize it, but you evaluate risk on a daily basis, on a minute basis, especially if you're driving in traffic. You're evaluating the risk. Do I turn? Do I not? Does that guy see me? Does that guy not see me? Is that girl going too fast doing her makeup? Is that guy going too fast doing his makeup? I mean, who knows, right? So driving your car, you have to assess the threat, the vulnerability, the likelihood, and the impact. The impact is you become a spot on an asphalt. Not a good impact, right? That would be bad for you and your family. Uh, but you have to ask yourself as you're driving, is that a problem? If not, and you want to go 100 miles an hour and you just give, I don't really care, everybody get out of my way, or you're driving a tank, well, then you know what? Odds of something bad happening to you are pretty slim. Somebody, Something bad happening to somebody else, pretty high. So, But you, again, you evaluate this risk on a daily basis. And this proper risk mindset will provide you the best cybersecurity coverage for your business. And I, I say this because a lot of my friends are, in the vendor, are vendors. And vend there's a great, wonderful tools out there to help businesses. Super good tools. However, the challenge comes into is, is that they will be happy to sell you a tool that you may not necessarily need. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, that's what they're doing. It's capitalism. Uh, there are also plenty of tools that I've seen get put into many enterprises that the tool can survive, can do many things for them, but it's not configured correctly. So, so again, I'm not, this isn't a bash on vendors and what they're trying to sell you because there's some really good stuff out there. 
However, understanding what your risk is, you might be trying to protect your house with a, I like the tank. Tank's pretty cool. With a tank, right? I want to protect it with a tank and all kinds of surface-to-air missile systems and all those things to protect my house, right? But in reality, all you really need is a, a lock, a dead deadbolt, and then you're good, right? You don't need all that stuff. So you just got to decide what is the proper risk mindset and how much risk are you willing to accept. Contingency planning, okay? So you need to utilize all the resources available when you're figuring through cyber risk, Okay. Uh, there is the NIST SP500-53, which is different controls that you can implement. There's also the NIST SP500-37, which is risk management, which will walk you through how to manage your risk properly. All these things are available, and they, they provide these standards the government does to help businesses. The only downside of that is is you've got to be a cybersecurity or a, a, an IT person with big cranium to really understand what they're saying, because when I read it, I get it, but I'll be honest, I still struggle with it. And they talk in these big $10 words, and they're big academia people, which nothing against them. They're super smart, and they provide a great service. But for if you're a business owner trying to understand that, you're probably scratching your head going, what does any of this mean? So those are, but those the government has these standards available to you. Uh, FFIEC, uh, it's a federal uh, I can't remember what it is, but basically it's an assessment tool. Okay, the, the assessment tool is out there for you to be able to assess. A lot of the big bis, businesses, when you're dealing with compliance aspects, need a cybersecurity risk assessment of some kind. This is a good assessment tool on helping you. And I know it's with financial places, FFIEC, uh, stakeholders and board members. Uh, you also need to utilize the knowledge that they have around what is the risk to their business. You may think, if you're a cybersecurity person listening to this, you may think, well, I know what the risk is. Well, odds are high. When I've talked to business leaders, the, the risk that I think is high isn't so high. They have a better perspective. So you need to ask them on what they would do and what is the most critical to their business. What is the thing they consider the highest risk to their business? You also need to get knowledge experts that are in the industry. So if you are um, working in manufacturing, you need to understand people that are in the manufacturing space. Uh, reaching out to people that are in LinkedIn and Twitter on some of their backgrounds. Uh, Steve Gibson with Security Now, super smart guy, lot, many, many years of security expertise, super guy. He's a great, great resource. There's also plenty of people that are within the LinkedIn environment that can provide you some guidance as well. Uh, so I highly recommend reaching out to those as, as one. The other one is through re Reduce Cyber Risk. We can give you that information as well. So if you're looking at the elements of risk, we talk about, we'll break this down a little bit. What's a threat? It's something that might adversely affect the information system within your business. Could be environmental, could be business resources, could be hostile individuals. Billy Bob that you just fired ain't too happy about it because I'm using that word ain't. He ain't too happy about it. He comes home. Here, come home. He went home to get something to come back. So he decides to do something. I've seen instances where the IT guy, and IT guys you got to watch out for because they have lots of access. Uh, the IT guy isn't real happy, and what he does is he hacks into your systems remotely and shuts everything down and nukes it all. Not a good option. So, again, those are those are hostile individuals, insider threat. Uh, you need to think about all the different issues that you may have. Supply chain failure. If your connection goes down, well, well, how's that going to affect you? And, and, again, IT in many cases is considered, yeah, it, just, it works until something breaks, and then it's like, OMG, I got a problem. So what are some of the elements of risk as well? We have the vulnerability. It's a weakness that could harm or used to harm your business. Most breaches stem from some common vulnerabilities. And I'd like to come back to is do the basics. If you can do the basics, you will set yourself apart and you will dramatically reduce your risk. I mean, accounts, reducing accounts that you don't need anymore. 
making sure you have long passwords. Make sure you have a password vault to store passwords. Force people to use that password vault. Don't let people have do training around clicking on links. Uh, there's all kinds of little things that can be done to really do the blocking and tackling to really reduce your risk. Um, and again, one of the things is, is an example on here is passwords that don't change. There's plenty of people that don't ever change their passwords, and they share it with everybody, and they've never changed it. Well, that's usually not a good option, right? Something bad can happen that way. What is likelihood? It's a chance that a threat will happen to you. It helps determine what type of protections to put in place. If it's highly likely that you're going to get hacked on a routine basis, that will definitely sway your perfect protection mechanisms versus going, yeah, I'm a hog confinement place and I have hog poop and nobody really cares about my manure, so I'm not really too worried that I'm going to get hacked. See, that guy I wouldn't worry too much about because not too many people want to hack hog confinements that shovel hog poo. No, not happening. All right, so, but if you're the guy that makes the hog confinement that will put in 3,000 hogs within a space for 1,000 hogs and everybody makes lots of money, that's different. But the guy who has the conveyor belt that shovels the poo out of the bottom of the hog confinement, probably not. Okay, so just, just saying. Okay, so the other elements is the impact. It's highly dependent on the information affected in the business. Credit cards, intellectual property, and so forth. They all have different impact, right? They consider what threats will affect your business different. Web presence versus no web presence. Do you have a web presence? If you've got one, um, is it something that's really important to you? Do you e-commerce with it? Do you not do e-commerce with it? Is it just brochureware? Is it managed by you or somebody else? Uh, again, we talk about the ransomware and 60% of businesses go out of business because of that. Uh, you, you've got to just understand what is your legal limitations. Uh, you know, and the other thing we talked about with credit cards, you get hacked with a credit card. And I think I mentioned in a previous episode and training was that you now the credit card companies will come in and they'll say, you know what, you can't use our credit card because you've been hacked or you didn't do what you're supposed to do because of the, the PCI requirements. So that's just something else to consider. Okay, so in this episode and lesson, we went over the cyber risk. What is it? The mindset around it and how you need to have different contingency planning as you are going down this path of securing your business. And then the lastly, the elements of risk that you deal with as you start considering the different risks to your business. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening today as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources. So just head on over to FreeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.